Hey guys, it's Maylee Thomas, and we've got a great show for you today. Really needs no introduction, because as soon as I say his name, you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say it's an exciting show. I've got Tyrone Vaughn on. That's right, the legendary son of Jimmy Vaughn and the nephew of Stevie Ray. And he's got so many stories and so much to share, and I want to get to it. I don't want to take up many more time. For those of you that don't know, my very first record is actually the artwork is me sitting in front of a a scenic, um, beautiful, uh, painted backdrop of Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's actually no longer even there in the uh, city of Dallas, but I just think it's so special that I get to interview him and talk about all of the incredible music that the Vaughn family has um, given to our country and to our nation and our world so and right here from Texas so I don't want to take up any more time I'm going to do a song called The Real Thing off my first record I just mentioned and when we come back we'll be with Tyrone Vaughn
Well, here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Tyrone Vaughn. Tyrone, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me, Maylee. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I told you off the air, you, I, you've done so much in such a short amount of time. I'm sitting here with notes spread out all over, and I, I think probably I'm just going to let you fly because... I don't even know how to keep up with it all. The discography, the the things that you've done from, uh, I, I think I read somewhere you did a tribute to Johnny Winter, to um, playing with Cyril Neville and so many other greats yeah. in the, in Texas. What a what a treat for you to you know to have already accomplished that, and you've got so much more ahead of you, brother. I'm just I'm really excited to have you on and talk yeah, about all of this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's it's like I guess you look up one day and you've accumulated some things, you know. Um, but I know for from an from one artist to another, you, you know, you got to stay with it. You know, oh, you got to stay at it. And I think the fact that I just through thick and thin followed my passion, um, you know, you get to you get to do some cool stuff. And, well, you were um, kind of born into a passion. I mean, I don't think you had much of a choice, right? I mean, I say you do. You do have a choice because I know, you know, none of my kids, only one of them actually has followed in the footsteps of music gotcha. without, you know, out of the four. But you've, I mean, you've got a gift. And, and it's clear when you have people like Muddy Waters and, and others that are, you know, well known that are, are talking about how favorable you were playing even as a young child. But I, I think I read that you, you, uh, you were given a harmonica at a really young age. Get, give us a little background here on, on how it was that Tyrone, you know, raised up at being the son of Jimmy Vaughn. And of course yeah. the, you know, the nephew of uh, Stevie, you certainly had a lot of input from them, but, but more than that, you have to have your own gift. So talk to me about how you felt um, as a young child being exposed to so many greats and how that's, you know, started you on this path. Okay. Well, I, I grew up in Austin in the seventies, you know, um, so that's about the time that, you know, a lot of the, the blues scene was migrating down from Dallas and, and to more of Austin area where it was more favorable you know, the arts were were more favorable in, in UT of Austin. You know, you had all your hippies down there and it was just, you know, uh, an artistic time. Um, and that's when, you know, my dad was right there leading the pack. You know, Jimmy Vaughn with the Thunderbirds and Stevie came down after him. Uh, my mom was right there in the middle of it all, you know, and shoot, there was just, I don't know what we call Antone's kids or, um, you know, um, just a bunch of a bunch of us young kids ran around the clubs. You know, I know Dwell Bram Hall Jr. He's like he's like a, my cousin. You right, know? right. Um, we grew up together, but I would say back then, um, we kind of took it for granted. You know, it wasn't such a big scene. It was small. Stevie and Jimmy were just some of the better guitar players around. They weren't really that known or famous yet. You know, right. MTV hadn't hit yet. Right. You know, so it was just you could go to Antone's on a Monday night and catch Paul Ray and the Cobras with Stevie on guitar, you know, playing for two or three hours straight. And there's talking about unbelievable, you know, authentic blues, you know, and they were just following their passions. You know, they didn't know anything. They didn't know anything different. You know, Stevie and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Stevie followed Jimmy. Jimmy was four or five years older, so. You know, my dad had an inkling, 
you know, he had a hunch and it turned out he was one of the better players back, even back when he was a teenager, he had a gift and, um, you know, they started having a little bit of success. Uh, Clifford Antone opened up Antone's nightclub, which is a blues club primarily uh, in the early 70s, maybe mid 70s and down on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And, and Clifford was was known for bringing, you know, um, great blues guys from all over Mississippi, Nashville, um, Chicago, all, all through Texas. You know, Texas is so rich in the history of music and particularly the blues. But really, um, Clifford was responsible for bringing these guys down, and a lot of them didn't have their own band. So my dad and the Thunderbirds were the house band for a lot of these guys, you know? So they got to play with Muddy Waters, you know? They got to play with Otis Rush. They got to play with, I mean, you name it, Hound Dog Taylor, um, all these guys, and my dad was backing them up. So that was a really good education. No, absolutely. Uh, blues education uh, to be able to back up these great blues players that invented the stuff um, was something special that I think we can look back now and go, wow, that was unbelievable. At the time, you take it for granted. We're just running around. It's no big deal. I mean, when um, my mom and my dad, they were good friends with Muddy Waters. You know, Muddy would come to Austin on the bus. And the first thing they do is my mom and dad go pick him up. They go to the East Side and they get chicken and moonshine. You know, and they <laughs> yeah. were just friends. And my dad, Muddy loved my dad and, you know, basically told him, hey, teach people how to play like me when I'm gone. And, um, you know, gave him the nod like that. And, you know, people like Steve, uh, Albert King, like like my, my, um, my uncle Stevie, you know, and so they were they were uh, respected amongst the bluesmen. And that was that was a great thing. So, I mean, uh, so I got to hang around Muddy Waters, you know, and I was a kid like three years old. He gave me a his harmonica, you know, and I was playing around that thing for so, for so long. And then, um, you know, Stevie, he gave me he came to my fifth uh, my fifth birthday party and he brought me a little harmony, a 60s music uh, harmony guitar. Wow. And back then, I mean, it was a pawn shop guitar. You know, mm -hmm. he saved his he saved his pennies and and picked one up for me. Uh, he signed a little forty five record of a Cobra's record. They had just put out a little um, a single, you know, maybe two singles, and then uh, he gave me his jacket. So you know, that was pretty big. That was inspirational because I mean, Stevie was so cool, and like you know, he was just he he was a he was a cool uncle. You know what I mean? Yeah. The uncles are cooler. They're like they're like your dad, but just cooler. I think. So. Right? Yeah, because they're not. But anyway, Stevie was like, you know, Jimmy's boy is going to be a player. You know, he was. You know, my dad was such Steve, one of Stevie's biggest you know influences. Right. And when when he when he found out that I was around, he was like, look, that's it. You know, Tyrone's going to be a player. Him and W. C. Clark. And um, Louis M. Barton all pitched in and bought a little music master when I was seven. And Stevie came and gave it to me. So, I mean, as far as being influenced, I think when when Stevie when Stevie says, hey, uh, you know, th this is what you might want to do. You know, yeah, I think I gave it a shot. I, you know, MTV came out um, tough enough. Um, a lot of uh, videos. My dad came out with Th Thunderbirds. Stevie made it, you know, with David Bowie, Let's Dance. There was a lot of influential times back then. You know, I was probably like 10 or 11, maybe 12 years old. 
Um, and so, yeah, Austin was a big blue scene that was, it seemed like what you did was you got out of high school and you put a, you got in a band. Right. Uh, it was just, now it was pretty influential after Stevie, after Stevie passed, you know, um, Austin was really starting to hit a stride in the nineties. He died in 91. So the rest of the nineties were amazing. The archangels after Stevie, you know, yeah. cause you had double trouble playing with, uh, Doyle Bram Hall Jr. and Charlie Sexton. And it just, they kind of continued it, you know. I mean, Ian Moore band, Sister Seven. My band was called Breed Love. I was in a band. Yeah, I remember Love. that. Yeah, I, remember I was a guitar that. player for Breed Love. My cousin, not on the Vaughn side, but on my mom's side, sang, he sang, uh, he was a really good singer already back then. I played guitar. We wrote songs. We wrote all of our original music. We had a big following. We sold like 10,000 CDs of our first CD. We recorded at uh, Willie Nelson's place in Peridinalis. And we were just kind of spoiled. I mean, we were selling out places like Steamboat and Antones. We were putting four, five, six hundred people in a club at a time. We were doing this all through Texas. We were playing Trees, you know, in, in Dallas. Yes, we so I remember Worth. that. So- God, we were playing uh, Houston, Rockefellers. We we're. It was just one of those. This was about 96, 97. And... Um, we just kind of all took it for granted. Now the, the scene has changed now, you know, it's not quite like that. There's not a lot of clubs left, you know, as there were, but, you know, I came out of Austin in the nineties, you know, after Stevie went down and then my dad, he, he started his solo career. It took my dad about a year to even start playing guitar. I think. Everybody tells me to play it safe, I'm not buying it So put a thrill right there in front of my face and I'm trying it Everything to gain, nothing to lose Little taste of pain, can't the good with you Give me eight seconds on the back of life and I'm riding it Tell me about yourself, tell me how you roll Give me just a little look inside I need to see deep in your soul You wanna hang with me, I don't mind But we ain't slowing Cause there's no place better Than where we're going Come on girl, climb aboard Let's take a ride No rules, no seatbelts Just hold on tight Take a chance on the star course Cause I'll show you a time bigger than life Next stop, Texas Feel the heart of Texas Beating through your veins Feel how free your soul can be Now you're riding without reins We got punch your soul, rock and blues Wailing and Willie, Stevie Ray too Stand up tall when the lost off flag is raised Come on girl, climb aboard, let's take a ride No rules, no seatbelts, just hold on tight Take a chance on the star course, the sun rise will never catch us Cause I'll show you a time bigger than life Next stop, Texas Thank you. 
with Tyrone talking about uh, uh, talking about how it is Tyrone to have been born into a success story on not only your dad but also your uncle that in itself um, is huge you know to have now three of the Vaughns that um, that uh, from your family and then you tell me about your grandfather on your mother's side you guys just had a lot of music in your blood period yeah, yeah, it was interesting. And it started with, you know, on both sides. But I think with Jimmy and Stevie, it started early for them. You know, their uncles and their friends of their their families, and they would play, you know, bridge every Thursday night or whatever, and somebody bring an instrument, and they had a piano, I think, in the house. And, you know, it was just kind of a musical, musical deal, and everybody sang and harmonies and stuff, which, you know, happens for a lot of families, which is really cool. But I think they had music on both sides. I, I figured that their family... You know, my my grandmother, Martha Vaughn and Big Jim, I, they, they probably wanted Jimmy and Stevie to play the country, you yeah. know, at first, yeah. you, know, tex, you know, Bob Wills. Yeah. Texas Playboys was their was their main thing. So when they took a turn for the blues, it was just kind of interesting. And until they made something out of it, you know, who who really knew. But, you know, what is as far as pressures and what it's like to be born into something like that, you know, I mean, it's interesting. The real pressure might be on, on on my dad, Jimmy, you know, to pick up a guitar at that age and, and, to, and to set out on the, you know, put a guitar on your back and, and step away from your home and your hometown basically ran away with the guitar and the love for rock and roll. Well, you know, I just saw your dad a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was there in Austin for South by and I um and I saw your dad and I uh, over at the Sea Boys, cool. and I I walked up to him and talked to him and um you know he didn't know me from Adam but you know your dad just like every other great musician acted like you know he did and was very sweet, but yeah. it's it's got to be tough too because you talk about going full circle. I mean your dad's done it all and been there all you know through it all and still playing, still still doing his uh, weekly gigs and. He really is. I mean, he's a staple, if anything. He's He's been a, a light in the dark for so long. You know, he started out great and, and everybody knew it. But, you know, for him to stick with it, you know, when Stevie went down, he could have went down. Mm-hmm. You know, for him to get back on his feet and to start singing and uh, just to continue with life. And he was such a great musician. I mean, what do you do at that point? And for him to keep moving was very inspirational. Um, I remember when he after uh, he wrote a couple of his records um after the t-birds he was looking for songs you know and i had a bunch of songs and he respected me as a songwriter and he picked out one of my songs called without you it's on this it's on the record called um do you get the blues 
Now, I won a Grammy. The whole record won a Grammy for best best blues that year. I think it went well, up. So against you got a King. Grammy, brother. <laughs> I do as a writer. I do, and I got to play on the thing. So, anyways, he was like, "Look, let's. I'm going to do this song. It sounds like a record." He would say to me, "This this sounds like a record. I could do this." So, he wanted to do that song. He liked the lyrics, and I played on it. Um, uh, that's that's a song we could look into at one point. But um, you know, Jimmy just you know. Like you said, he's done it all. He's come full circle. Um, he was there in the beginning, um, and, and he's still and he's still doing it. You know, I think he had his he had a second heart attack. You know, right around Christmas last year, quadruple bypass surgery, and he he licked it. He came out on top, no problem. Doctor said everything looks good. Another ten or fifteen years. Yay! And he's already back touring again. So I mean, that happened in late December, and I think by April he's already out there. So with a pretty decent schedule, um, but, you know, I just look for him to him for all inspiration, especially where his music goes to, too. He's a very, he kind of has the corner, you know, thank goodness that he plays so traditional for me. I, I like the fact that he's very, um, he's never in a rush. When my dad plays, he's always in a groove. He never, he never, he never, he never runs. He may jog a little bit, but he usually just walking kind of like, you know. Well, and, the other thing that he does is he's got a sound, just like your uncle had a sound and, you know, yeah. tone that everybody knows that's your dad. That, right? That's the hardest thing to do, probably. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, because especially as a player that's played for so long and so many different, you know, genres. And, and be thrown up on a stage as soon as he plays everybody's like okay we know who we know whose amp that is <laughs> absolutely right? yeah that's that's the trick is how can you how can you stand out with all these great players everywhere well you know. so t so talk to me tyrone about you and your uh, i mean these endeavors that you've done um with so many different so many different artists you've got your own thing of course but i i think that probably one of the one of the ways that i think texas is different is I really believe Texas artists are a lot more inclusive about having other people play with them. They don't seem to be so um, competitive that they're afraid to have somebody else be a part of their music. Whereas sure. I, I don't see that much collaboration um, in other genres as much as I do in Texas. And I love the fact that, that you're open to play with other people and share the stage. And you've done it and are doing it um, even now with so many different artists. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, like, uh, again, it's um, kind of blessed opportunities, you know, for me, I've, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for any of it. Um, you know, just being in the scene, making, making connections, um, uh, having good relations, you know, it, it's, it's everything. So, you know, when you're out there and you're putting forth your effort, you know, when you're driving your passion, when you're grinding and it's, 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 and you're hoping that it's worth it, you know, <clears throat> there'll be somebody that says, Hey, have you thought about doing this? Or, you know what, let me, let me hook you up with so-and-so, or, you know what, I saw you play last week. Would you be interested in riding with so-and-so? You know, it's just about being open. Not every opportunity is going to, is going to win, but that's what it's, it's, it's life. It's, it's, it's you want to live or not. If you want to live, then you go take some chances, go take some opportunities. And sometimes you put the good foot forward and, and good things work out. So, I mean, you know, like a friend of mine said, look, what do you, would you be interested in writing with Cyril Neville? And I said, well, of course. I mean, I've known Cyril and his music and the, and the Neville brothers since I was a kid. Yeah. And they used to come through Soap Creek, which is a, was an old 
club called Rolling Hills, which my mom and her sister and their boyfriend, I mean, her, my sister's, my aunt's boyfriend, they ran. So Cyril Neville and the meters, they were coming through in the early 70s. You know, so, I mean, I remember listening to their records just from a, being a kid. So I was like, I couldn't even under, comprehend that I would be a, maybe even get to meeting or, or ride with them. Now, he did come to Austin after Katrina. Okay. So he's from New he's from Louisiana, New Orleans, and they came off from, you know, they came over to Austin and stayed for about five or six years, I believe, trying to recruit for trying to recoup from that, uh, that terrible um, hurricane. And that's where, but Cyril is the kind of kind of guy that he you can't approach him. Okay, he's a legend, and the fact that he's been on the road, he'll tell you since 1965. He's opened up for the Stones. He's he's done everything yep. twice. Um, but he's he's a legendary musician. His voice and his stage presence and the way he writes and sings to me is just probably one of the greatest to do it. And I I, I got to do it with him, and I mean. Um, I got to, I went and auditioned for him in Houston and man, I, 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 we hit it off. You know, I got the job and they said, look, we want to do something with you. The first thing we're going to do is go meet in new Orleans and do a pre-production. We're going to do a week in new Orleans at a house. And then we're going to go have Christmas break. And then we're going to meet in the studio at Muscle Shoals, then cool. Alabama. Got the record with Tom Hambridge in nine days. The next thing I know, you know, I'm writing and singing with uh, Cyril Neville and fly right out to um, fly right out to uh, France was like my first show. I did a European tour right off the bat. And I was like, man, now we're now we're talking, you know, (laughs) and um, it was just um, just just a lucky deal. Right place at the right time, I believe. Well, uh, you're, you know, your talent is what opened the door, honey. You're, you know, I, as soon as they hear you play, they're like, okay, yeah, this, this dude's got it going on. And, and what a voice I'm, I, and like you, I grew up listening to Cyril and Nev and uh, Aaron Neville and absolutely adored them and their style. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in new Orleans at the jazz festival and all the, yes. all the different, all the different uh, camp out areas and so uh, great, right? the gospel tent and the whole bit thing and you bet uh, you know and again i took it for granted thinking that was just the way it is and of course it's you know now i look back at the people that i saw all the time and i'm like wow i mean i had no idea that i was going to be looking back and thinking i remember when same you know and well so we're going to play a song that you um that you did you was it 2015 when you uh when you joined the royal southern brotherhood yeah i believe it was 15 16 i ran i ran two years with them i did two records six european tours canadian tour probably did about 250 shows with them oh my goodness well um tell me what is it like when you're overseas and they're talking to you about texas because i I, you know i've had a little bit of experience with it but certainly not as much as you have um you know do they just expect that you're just some cowboy that came over and (laughs) they really do it's a lot of power you walk in there with i wear boots anyways but you know you wear your boots and you got the accent uh we probably don't notice it much but when you get over there they do and um it's just, uh, yeah, it's a vibe, you know, it's a feeling and they, they, it's, it's instant glory, uh, glorification. They love you, you know, yeah. they want to yeah. hear you talk. They want to yeah. hear you say something, <laughs> uh, anything, you know, 
But that's pretty fantastic, right? Just to be able to go across seas and you step off the plane and they're like, wow, what, what, what are you? What do you do? You know, you're from Texas. You know, it's, it's a big deal. Well, I'm so glad that you're able to represent us like that over there. And I know that you and Malford also, we'll talk about it in the next segment. Um, Malford's been doing really well over there. And I know you yes. guys are doing your um, Milligan Avon project. And um, and so we'll talk about that. For, but for right now, I want to play a song off of that um, RSB or Royal Southern Brotherhood um, yeah. with Cyril Neville, a song called Poor Boy. You want to give me a little background on that just for a sec? Yeah, Poor Boy is a song that I wrote with uh, Will Knack. He's a guitar player out of Austin, Texas. And um, <clears throat> basically, I was looking for songs when Cyril was looking uh, to record. And, he, you know, Cyril's whole thing is just make it funky. So um, I had a couple of tunes, and Cyril's eyes opened up when he heard that one, you know, called Poor Boy. It's basically growing up on the wrong side of the tracks. But you still got the goods to make somebody's life happy. So There you go. Well, that's what we're going to play now right here on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest Tyrone Vaughn. Here you go, poor boy from the Royal Southern Brotherhood.
I'm sure if you're listening, you're just blown away at everything that he's already said. And dude, I just want to say this very quickly. I'm so grateful that you did the family thing. Because oh, yeah. I, I did the same, and I, I mean, I, I had to make an actual decision, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'd been playing for quite a few years, and I was getting ready to do, to go to Nashville, and I got pregnant, and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to let somebody else raise my kids. If I'm yeah. going to do this, I want to do it myself. Sure. And I have, I honestly have not regretted it. I've been able no. to do a little bit of both. I mean, I still yeah. play and I've, 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 you know, I've raised four wonderful children. They're all 22 to 32 yeah, That's now. real happiness, right? Got a couple grandchildren. Yeah. I, I can, I can get old in my life and look into their eyes and say, I was with you. You That's know, right. I, I didn't leave That's you. huge. It is huge. And um, so I, I just want to say, I'm I'm really grateful that you did that because I really believe yeah. that that that's pretty much the most beautiful thing that we can leave behind is a legacy of love that we gave to our children. Yeah, so, no, I'm right. I'm right so there with you. I want to start there with that, but um, so talk to me a little bit about um, this, uh, M- you know, Milligan Vaughn project and your relationship with Malford. I've known Malford for years and been a huge fan. Yeah. Okay. So after uh, Cyril Neville with the Royal Southern Brotherhood, I, like I said, I did two records with them, 2015 and 16. And then so Cyril basically, you know, it was right around 70, 71. So he started slowing down, mm-hmm. stopped doing the European and the heavy uh, touring. So he just want to stick around Louisiana. So at that point, I said, hey, the first thing I thought of was Malford. And the reason why I thought of Malford it's because I was kind of coming off of this side side man gig with Cyril. I was singing a few songs. I was contributing. I was writing, but I was basically playing guitar. You know, right. Cyril was Cyril was uh, knocking him knocking him out, and I was just playing guitar. But I loved, and even in breed love, you know, I played guitar. And my cousin Dan Dyer. Much do you know Dan Dyer? Yeah, I Have you know heard Dan. Of Dan Dyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's my cousin. We were in okay. breed love. He Bye. he was the singer of breed love. Anyways. I, I was I was pretty comfortable as as a side guy, guitar player. You know, I, I enjoyed that that uh, spot. So um, I just gotten off the road with Cyril, and I said, "Man, what's Malford doing?" And I, I looked him up on social media, and I said, "Man, maybe now's the time to talk to Mark Proct." I said, "What do y'all want to do? Let's. Do y'all want to cut a record? Y'all want to put? You know, just try our hand at it." And they saw what I was up to. They said, "Man, you're busy." And that's great. And I said, well, yeah, I'm coming off the serial gig. What do y'all want to do? And we got excited. We went and Malford and I wrote a couple of songs. We had a couple of writing sessions and Mark Proct was all about it and started figuring out who we could put in the band. And it kind of just made sense because, I mean, Storyville, well, I yeah. mean, even before Storyville, Stick People, I would I would go see um, Malford playing Stick People at Continental Club early 90s. Um, and he was, we were all so young, but of course, Storyville was a very impressive outfit. <laughs> great, well, you're great, still, great, you're great. still friends with all those guys and still their input. You got Dave Grissom helping you out with yeah. all kinds of stuff. And he produced the um, record and what have you. I yeah. mean, that, so all that Austin is still sitting there. That talent is just so good. And, um, it was kind of like, you know, in my band breed love with my cousin, Dan, we used to open up for Storyville. 
You know, we okay. would go on the road and we did a yep. so we did tons of tours with Storyville. I would I would use uh, David Grissom's amp when my amp would break down. He was cool enough to to let me use his amp. I remember I was like, "There's no way," <laughs> but he's so cool. Anyway, so yeah, I made relations with all those guys and David Holt, you know, and Double Trouble and yeah. Um, basically, um, this came full circle again. I said, man, I'd be cool to, to be able to get in a band with, with, with Malford and he, man, they hit it right. We hit it right off. So but next thing I know, we were in the studio with David Grissom producing, you know, Davey Knowles giving us songs and, um, I was writing songs and. Well, here, you know, you've already told me you've got to come to the sanctuary. All those cats have played our room and people yeah. love them. So I know they're going to love you. We got to have them there. And I, like I said, Malford's been there before, but we've not had Tyrone Vaughn there. We got to have you there, brother. So I hope yeah, I'm you, looking we're going to make it. that We're going to schedule something. We're going to schedule something there this year for sure. Well, yeah. I know we said we were going to do, um, we were do going home, but I'll do that. Uh, I'll do that as well. But I want to, I want to go ahead and play Soul Satisfaction okay. just because we're talking about Malford Vaughn. I'm a Milligan Vaughn project and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this show and be a part of this um, I don't know if you know this but I'm, I'm good friends with Kirby Warnock who has uh, as you know has certainly kept the Vaughn brothers and, and all of that history alive here in, um, in this area I uh, lived in Oak Cliff for a while and so I've always had a really tight um connection with people that were in love with texas music and you, you can't go. love texas music without understanding the vons and That's i right. can tell you this i'm grateful that i've gotten to know you and i hope that we can have a treasured friendship in the future brother yes i'm maybe. a big fan already and i'm just so glad that you took the time out to do this show hey, thanks and, for having me you are I so sweet you're so talented so you and your husband rock i love well, it thank you so much well, hopefully we'll get you the show maybe you and i can get up to sing a song together that would be Let's awesome do some of that <laughs> let's do that we got it well we're listening to texas homegrown music with my guest tyrone vaughn we're going to do a song off of his um his uh recording with um with um milligan vaughn project and it's called soul satisfaction and you guys be listening because we're going to have this cat at our at our place and i'll tell you all about it and we'll be right back in just a minute right here on texas homegrown music
Well, I feel like I just got a history lesson on some things about Jimmy Vaughn and Stevie Ray and all of the people that influenced uh, Texas music. And, and certainly Jimmy and Stevie influenced uh, their their son, their nephew, to get his um, to get his career going. But I'll tell you, he's made his own path. And I love that about Tyrone. And what a sweet guy he is. I look forward to having him in our place sometime. So you guys be listening because we're going to we're going to definitely get him here uh, to play at the Guitar Sanctuary. So I just want to say thanks again for listening. It was a really fun show to do. And I want to close the show today. Um, I, w- I want to close it with a song by Lou Ann Barton. And you heard him talk about how she put her money together and helped him get a guitar there um, when he was a young kid. And she is definitely, definitely a name to be reckoned with in the Austin scene for blues music. What a voice. She's not touring as much as she used to. I I know, but uh, I would love to have more people play her music because I think she's just remarkable. So we're going to close out the show with her today. A big shout out to my um, to all of my supporters out there and certainly the Guitar Sanctuary, Tupps Brewery, and Burris Injury Law for making this possible. But more than that, all of you listeners for listening in every week and uh, finding out what's going on in Texas music. Thanks again. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. This is Maylee Thomas. So we'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown music and here's Lou Ann Barton. Oh, something on my mind. Won't somebody please, please tell me what's wrong. You're just a fool, you know you're in love. You got to face it to live in this world. You take the